0: Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of The 25 Live. Uh, With me today is my old friend, uh, Beth Gallup. Uh, Beth was a captain with Kent Fire Department and uh, started in 1989. She was promoted to captain in 2004. She's worked in fire prevention, fire suppression, was a hazmat technician. Uh, During her tenure, she managed the department's SCBA program, the site plan program, and was also the faculty's director. In 2014, Beth received a grant provided provided by the State of Washington Department of Labor and Industries uh, Safety and Health Investment Project to develop best practices for reducing the firefighter risk of exposure to carcinogens. This program became the Healthy In, Healthy Out, uh, what we're really going to talk a lot about today. Um, And uh, if you're not aware uh, aware of it, you you really should check it out afterwards. But uh, welcome. To the show, Beth.
1: Thank you, Jim. After,
0: after I stumbled through all that stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I've known you now for, I want to say, it's probably been eight, nine years um, when we, you, were, uh, you and I were both part of the Firefighter Camp Support Network and we got to hang out in, um, I think it was Los Angeles. Los it, Angeles it, area, wherever it, it was. Ashton, sure. Burbank, Burbank, right?
1: Yep, that was nice.
0: It's all about the same. Um so how did I want to kind of just run right into this healthy in and healthy out a healthy out. Um how did all this come together?
1: We had lost in my department, which was like hundred and fifty members at the time, we had lost three of our guys to cancer in a space of about three years. And these are all young guys. They weren't, you know, older or anything like that. They were young guys, healthy guys, and then they got cancer and died. And we were trying to do the best that we could. We thought we were doing everything that we should be doing for reducing those exposures to the carcinogens, taking care of our bodies and that kind of stuff. And it just it just felt that we weren't because everybody was, I mean, there was these deaths and then other diagnoses. So we worked on some stuff, but it wasn't until I actually got diagnosed with a brain tumor that it really hit home for me. So that's when I they put me on uh, days in training <laughs> and gave me an opportunity to work on this project.
0: Perfect. How uh, How long were you on, you say days, I'm used to restricted or light duty, but I'm sure it's the same thing, despite being across the country from me. Yeah. How long? How long were you uh, on days for?
1: I went. I was diagnosed in um, May of 2014, and I I retired in June of 2018, so I never went back on shift.
0: Okay. All right. Um. So when did you hear about this grant and kind of put two two together that this would maybe be a a good idea to to put in for and 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 actually come up with something that would help your firefighters, but also help everybody throughout Washington state. And then we, of course, later on, we find really everybody throughout the country.
1: We were, um, when I was on, when I was first assigned to training, um, we had, uh, attended this, uh, seminar on how to achieve, how to get grants for funding just because funding is, is so, it's so hard to have good funding and sustainable funding for fire departments and, we, we really needed extra. I, there was no way that we could do it on our own. So we started looking around. We attended a seminar, and um, this was one of the avenues was through the state of Washington. And I think it's pretty unique in the states to have uh, the labor and industries or the um, the occupational health services in the state to give grants for workplace safety. And that's what this was, was a workplace safety grant. And they um, had distributed like a million dollars or so the year before. And one of the other fire departments had got a grant for, for something else related to fi- uh, workplace safety. And so we, we applied for the grant and we were awarded the grant in um uh, I think it was November of 15 is when we were awarded the grant. Okay. November of 14. I don't remember.
0: <laughs> That's okay. How uh, how much was the grant for? It was 103000
1: something. $103,000.
0: Okay. That's a nice sum of money. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. It, well, it this- did... We were able to use every penny of it to do the healthy in, healthy out and the video associated with it as well.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm going to get to the video. I don't want to go there quite yet because that video, that video is as cool as can be. Uh, and that was just like the book. That was also, I think, ahead of its time for sure. Um, what is kind of the whole premise behind healthy in and healthy out?
1: What we – what we envision is the day that you start your work, your career as a firefighter is probably the healthiest day that you've you've been. You've been working, you've been training. You're full of full of piss and vinegar, but you're you're starting your career very healthy. And then with every fire you go to, you get more and more more exposures and more. You're just more susceptible to cancer and cardiovascular and, you know, and just um, slips, trips, bumps, bruises and that kind of stuff. And we wanted to promote that thought is the day that you retire should be as healthy as the day that you started with, you know, given the years of service. But we wanted you to be healthy out and have a full life after retirement, just as you did when you first started the job.
0: Exactly. And, and, I, and I love this whole mindset, and I kind of, I think in my own way, push that same mentality. Uh, I think my favorite class to talk to is rookies, rookie firefighters, the guys that are in training school that haven't started yet. And and I don't say healthy and healthy out, but I really just tell them, what's the point? Why put all this 25, 30 years into this you know, just to not even be able to enjoy retirement. You know, you have to start now. Everything you're doing right now adds up. And this book is all about that. Um, there's there's so much just to this book. Um and we'll at the end we'll kinda go over and tell you where to find it at, and I'll put it also in the links. But uh, again, this is ahead of its time. Um you really you broke this down, this report. You know, you started out, here's, here's some low-cost items. Here, here are things that you can implement right away. And and then you go into the high-cost items. I mean, that's, again, that's, to me, revolutionary at that time for sure because departments, when, this, when you put this out, they didn't know where to go, where to start. And, and you really helped prioritize things with this report. I mean, I, I imagine that was one of your goals.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, we had talked about it and the group that worked on this was a bunch of firefighters. We weren't, you know, doctors and lawyers and, and anything like that. We weren't chief officers. We were line firefighters that were trying to take care of each other and, and, you know, and how can we take care of each other? We don't have money, we don't run budgets, but we know we can do some things Um, Fairly easily and fairly quickly and and get just something started while we're working on those bigger ticket items. And that's how we did it in our department. We didn't start, you know, with the big, you know, two sets of gear and decon showers or anything like that. We started with just bagging our gear, bagging our gear um, so it doesn't get the contaminants transferred into the fire engine as we're taking it back bagging our gear so it doesn't off-gas, wearing latex gloves when we're dealing with the dirty hose and the dirty gear while we're cleaning it, just so we don't get that other contamination on our skin. We wanted to start where we could and then work towards those bigger ticket items, and that, that makes sense in most fire departments, so...
0: No, you know, you were, you were absolutely right on, I think with that. Um, you were also, I think the, really the first person's, uh, individuals to speak about kind of gross decon and how important that was. Um, and now, you know, of course, um, contamination control is what they're calling it now, or, or, uh, preliminary exposure reduction. Um, and we're going to be doing much more about that with NFPA. But you, you know, you were doing this stuff five years ago, talking about it.
1: Well, and I don't, I don't know that we were the first ones. We definitely embraced it, probably more so than most departments. And, um, and it's hard. It's, I mean, it gets cold. Probably not as cold around the as is around the rest of the country, but it does get cold, and it gets miserable, and it's it takes time to do this, and it's not it's not something that you automatically think of, but the more we engaged in it as a grassroots level, um, just from the firefighters saying, Hey, this is my body. I want this shit off my body. Then the easier it was to take that up to the higher, um, to the higher ranks and, you know, and push that gross decon forward.
0: So you mentioned, uh, the cold and, What I hear about more than anything, or at least a bitching and whining, is it's too cold to do decon. It's too cold. And you um, came up to me, or you came up with a pretty unique solution uh, to try to fight off that cold and still be able to decon. Uh, Do you want to talk about that for a second, please?
1: Well, the warm water wash station that we developed, um, I had talked with, is that what you're talking about, Jim? That is. Okay. The um, we had talked to our mechanics, and just because it's cold and it's it's hard to wash with cold water out in the field, we had asked the mechanics if there was any way to put hot water on the fire engines. And he started thinking. He's a he's a great kid. Started thinking about how it could happen, and um, was thinking maybe a propane tank along the frame rails like the RVs have, or doing you know a, a small generator driven on uh, instant hot demand uh, or carrying you know the instant on demand like um, the vets have or the you know horse trailers sometimes have those on but the he says you know we already have it and i said we do and he goes yeah we have a heat exchanger um when you do it when you're in pump gear and you open up the recirc valve it basically is a heat exchanger it takes water from the tank And it is a heat exchanger with the radiator water, and then it dumps it back into the tank. So it cools the radiator water down, but it dumps hot water back into the tank. And I said, will it work? He says, let's try it. So for about $70 worth of parts and a couple hours of labor, he used a three-eighths inch brake line and just, just plumbed it in off the line that goes back into the tank. Put the gear in pump opened up that uh, recirc valve and in about two minutes he had a five gallon bucket and we tested the water. It was about 98 degrees. So it was, it was enough. It was good enough to wash your hands in.
0: <laughs> you got the, I've got a puppy. The, the puppy with the, the dog toy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, it's okay. So, and and that that's been really successful. There's been people I know that have done it uh, throughout the country. But um, it's even gotten to a point where correct me if I'm wrong. That was actually added as part of like an option when you're buying and specking new fire apparatus.
1: It it is. Um, Pierce Manufacturing worked with our mechanics to um, develop it. You know, so it's an add-on. It's not seventy dollars, obviously, but. Um, it is an option on Pierce manufacturing. Uh, and I don't know if it is on other um, apparatus manufacturing if you can get that added on there, but I know that I know that it was available um, last year for from Pierce manufacturing.
0: Nice. I, I kind of wanted I kind of skipped over this. I should have went over this earlier on. What was the process like to actually? put this report together. You know, you got now your group of firefighters, you got the money and you're and you're gonna start doing this. I mean, what was that process like? How long did it take?
1: Oh man. Um well so we applied for the grant and then everything kind of went into wait mode until we um got word of that we had received the grant. So I think the application was submitted in it So it was 2014. So we submitted the application in June or July and then a uh, wait mode happened and we weren't awarded the grant until November of that year. And then once we were awarded the grant, then it was time to put the team together and kind of come up with that plan on how we were going to do this. So we, um, I talked with the Washington state council of firefighters, which is our parent organization. Um, so it's, not the IAFF, but it's the state organization for, for firefighters. And I wanted to get a representation from across the state of Washington to sit on this group. And so they gave me recommendations and we reached out to those folks and they definitely responded back all in. And we had 12 or 15 members of, of firefighters from across the state from big departments and little departments and uh, we didn't go for volunteers or chief officers because we really had the funding was from the Washington State was awarded to the Washington State Council of Firefighters it wasn't awarded to um, it wasn't award that was the group that it was awarded to and it was labor and industry so labor and industries pays claims occupational health claims for those departments that pay into labor and industries, and none of our volunteer departments pay into labor and industries. So it wasn't like we were trying to eliminate volunteers. It's just that they weren't part of the group that w- that had started this. So, um, but it applies to everybody, and that's kind of why we went with the with the premise of you know start small start start big s- small ticket items, and then you could work towards big ticket items because we knew that not everybody not every department would be able to implement this um, at once. Once we got everybody together, then we just started having meetings. We came up with a plan on how we were going to tackle this. We reached out to a lot of um, industry experts. Uh, Kenny Fent from NIOSH. um, I'm trying to think about all the names here, and I I don't think I'm going to get them all, but uh, Gavin Horn in Illinois. We reached out to, uh, Dr. Uh, University of Arizona.
0: Oh, I can't remember his name. Dr. Jeff Burgess,
1: Dr. Jeff Burgess. Yes. We talked with, uh, you know, a lot of the industry experts and in fact, they read the final product before we went to print and we kind of had it vetted through them. And, um, it, it was a, it was kind of eye-opening just to hear some of their words and say, yeah, no, you guys are on the right track. This sounds really good. Go for it. The last thing we did is we found a publishing company in Seattle, and uh, we gave them basically a Word document, and um, they were really good about um, you know, putting it together, formatting it, getting some pictures and throwing uh, – just how they put that, that publication together was amazing. But the bottom line is we didn't do any research. We took common sense ideas and we took vetted ideas and policies from around the state and around the nation and kind of put them together. We didn't come up with anything new on our own other than the hot water wash. We, we, we listened to everybody else talk and we just kind of put it all together in one comprehensive document all this stuff had already been out there but just never together in one document and that's kind of what our hope was
0: you know I took part in the uh, August 2013 FCSN taking action against white paper or cancer white paper and you know I imagine it was kind of around the same process but that report is really just to talk about how significant of a threat cancer truly is, and and just really to start the conversation of we need to do something about it. This, in turn, what you did was doing something about it. This was now and still is really probably the most user friendly book for a firefighter to pick up and just kind of learn about all these different things that are that impact our, our career. Um, stuff like um, you know it talks about fire station design the 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 hot zone design which we had Paul Erickson here on the show uh, a couple weeks ago um you know you did the gross de- decon talked about rehab um transporting our fire gear back um our sleep habits and that's another huge thing I, I'm actually I got the why we sleep book uh, on my desk right here I'm, I'm looking into that kind of stuff uh it was just so comprehensive and uh I love that you were just able to make a Word document and, and turn that in and and make it fancy because I, I would have to do the same thing. I could give you the content, but you need to turn this in. The other thing I, I found uh, interesting about this is you did a great job of making it personal. There are several different testimonials throughout this booklet where you have individuals that are, are talking about you know their diagnosis and what they went through and and what they would do differently now and and I think anytime you can try to personalize things uh, that is that is helpful as well.
1: Well, and we we had talked about that at length on how we were going to do that. The Boston video um, was all about how many they had lost, and there was um, it's powerful, it's powerful as heck, and um, and I cry every time I see it, but. It really didn't tell you that there was hope or that there was a way to not be on that wall. It's a powerful message, but it left it at that is, hey, don't get cancer or, you know, you're going to be on the wall. What we wanted to do was say hey, there is hope. We have survivors. We have people that got Followed their doctor's advice, got diagnosed early, got treated early, and and their cancer is in remission or gone. So we wanted to give hope on on this this whole process, not not scare everybody off and not give them you know an opportunity to to live basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, if you let me ask you this, uh, I'll put you on the spot here, with everything inside this booklet that you've created, what are just a a couple of the most important things you think in there, the most significant things to making sure we do get out of our careers alive and well and, and can enjoy retirement?
1: I think the most, the single most important thing is, is getting the carcinogens off your body as quickly as possible through gross decon and on-scene washing. Professor John Kissel from the University of Washington, um, I talked with after we had done, or we had started on the publication of healthy, we started working on the project. And I asked him what would be the most effective method of, of, and he's an epidemiologist at the University of Washington. I asked him what the most effective method of getting the carcinogens off your body was, would it be the baby wipes, or would it be soap and water, or is it important? You know what? And he he says, I don't, you know I don't know I don't know the answer to that. I would think it would be soap and water, but hey, let's go take a let's see if we can get a a a, a grant and and study the efficacy of those methods. So he was able to get another L and I grant from the state of Washington. And he started that study and he got that grant in 2015 and he just finished the report. And I'm trying, still trying to read through it. It's it's uh, 50 pages of technical jargon. But the bottom line is, even with the small numbers of, of firefighters that we had submitting samples after fires, the bottom line is there's a statistical significant difference between a post-fire sample and a post-fire post-wash sample. So after you've washed on the scene we sampled those firefighters and the difference between and it wasn't it didn't matter if it was the baby wipes or the soap and water. It just mattered that you washed but there was statistically significant difference in the number of the, of the uh, carcinogens that were on the body after the fire, and then after the fire, after you washed. So I think bottom line, you have to do decon. You have to do on-scene gross washing of your body, your hands face the neck, and you have to get to a shower and, and change out your gear. Bottom line, the longer those stuff is on your body, the deeper it's going to get into your skin, absorb into your body, and kid develop into cancer.
0: Nicely nicely said. Thank you. Yeah. Um altogether, do you have any idea of how many booklets you ended up making for this?
1: We uh, the initial print was 40,000 copies. We went back and um, made 17,000 copies in the Spanish version or no 5,000 copies in Spanish version and another uh, 12,000 of the second edition of the healthy and healthy out. And we probably um, have maybe six or 8,000 copies left over from the original um, run on the publication.
0: Yeah. I remember coming home once and having multiple boxes that my wife had to move inside. And it was just like, what did you order? And it was it was these books, and I was able to take them up to the uh, Ohio Fire Academy and have them uh, use there. Good. So, so that was just my small sampling. So I knew it was a much much larger amount. Yeah. Um, now, if you don't mind, let's let's touch on this video because this, okay. this this video is again uh, I know I keep saying it, but it truly was ahead of its time. It also has a, a pretty cool voiceover, and I'd yeah. be interested in you kind of telling me how you, how you pulled that off. What was the story behind <laughs> that, the behind-the-scenes?
1: Uh, um, the video itself talks about basically the gross decontamination process um, from a fire. So we were able to hire a, a group of firefighters, paramedics, um, that worked with us and uh, it's called E-Shift Productions, and they did a great job. Really, really great guys um, worked with this, um, put the video together, and then I had asked them, I said, hey, I'd really like to have Mike Rowe. I think that would be a really cool voice to kind of narrate the the process, and they're like, oh, I don't think we can get Mike Rowe, and they said, we'll try, and they worked on it and uh, weren't able to to get him. They did find a a voice that sounded similar to him. So the original version had that. Well, Mike Rowe was coming into town um, doing a dirty talk. I don't know if you've heard of that, but he comes in and he does, he basically, it's a comedy night, but um, he, he came into Seattle and I got a ticket, went to it with, uh, with a friend, ended up uh, getting backstage passes just to kind of meet and greet kind of thing. And we were back there and I had a copy of healthy and healthy out at this point, it's already gone to production and stuff. And I, uh, did my 15 second elevator pitch to him. And I said, Hey, you know, I, I, my, my dirty job is killing me. And, uh, we'd love to have you be our voice for, for firefighter safety. And he goes, well, yeah, no, I'd be interested in this. Why don't you send me an email? And I said, well, I, I think we have, we've reached out and he goes, eh, send me, send it to me. So he gave me his email address and um, got the email off, uh, heard back from his manager and worked it out. Um, he wanted a non-disclosure agreement or, an, or non, I don't know what it was, some legal jargon. He got that signed off, our lawyer signed off, and he was able to do the voiceover. We were able to marry it up. So Mike Rowe is, our voice for helping and help you out the video
0: yeah it's, it's very cool the, the video itself is to me it was you know futuristic as far as just the perspective and they put all sorts of different graphics in there that kind of made it first person perspective almost almost video game like and then you add his voice which to me is a pretty iconic voice to that mix and it was it's just a great video altogether it was just nicely nicely done really.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we did. It. They, we had great people working on it.
0: Nice. So um, there's a, is there, am I allowed to say, is there any talk about this version two, the part two yeah. coming out, kind of an update on things? Do you have yeah. liberty to talk about that stuff? I don't want to get you in trouble.
1: No, no, no. We're still in the planning stages of it. And um, it's definitely something that the, Washington State Council of Firefighters at their convention last year, they voted on uh, putting a, pump, a second edition together. So there's there's definitely, it's in process. Um, I think what they're trying to do is is kind of determine the parameters. I think they want to expand it outside of just carcinogens to cardiovascular and mental health and sleep awareness, sleep deprivation, all that stuff. So it's going to be a more... More comprehensive document not just the cancer carcinogen document Um, and that's uh, part of the it's still just in the development phases of it and I'm not sure when that's going to be out or or what all it's going to look like but um, it's going to it's going to be much more comprehensive
0: nice 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 so I'm gonna start getting you out of here now. I'm gonna. I got these 25 random questions, but I, I did want to say again, uh, thanks for making the time uh, to talk to me and and to kind of tell the story about this this awesome program uh, to all the listeners. Um, you know, I know it's been uh, you just just moved into your house, got the puppy, yeah. enjoying the retirement. I'm I'm pretty jealous of the whole thing. I'll get there soon enough. So yeah, absolutely. With that being said, that's my chance to grill you? Not really grill you. I don't think I'll grill you, but uh, I let you choose your own fate. I got a new list. It's a new year, new decade, new list. Um, if you will, just throw me out a number and I'll read the question and we'll go from there.
1: 19.
0: All right. So what product would you stockpile if you found out they weren't going to sell it anymore?
1: Uh, Trader Joe's dark chocolate bars.
0: Okay, that's <laughs> a good one. You knew that right away. Like, oh, I know exactly what I'm gonna get. <laughs> All right. Um, how about another number? Three. Okay, this has been debated for decades. All right, toilet paper, over or under? Over. <laughs> All right, my girl. My <laughs> wife disagrees, but I like you. I like your style. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about another one?
1: Uh, twenty-four. Marshawn Lynch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. You Seahawk fan, you. Yeah. Did I tell you? I don't think I, I don't know if I ever told you this before. I went to a Bengals-Seahawks game. Yeah, at at Quest Field, you know, in, in Seattle. Yeah. And uh, I I got good tickets online and end up being in the Eagles Nest, which is like, to me, is like their version of uh, the dog pound. Like, you know, it's the rowdiest oh, yeah. kind of area in the whole stadium. And so, um,
1: it's a Hawks Nest, by the way, not the Eagles. The Hawks Nest. Oh area.
0: yeah yeah yeah, you're right you're right. Sorry. That's um, right. And uh, the Bengals lost. I imagine that. And it was a complete walk of shame, and I, I felt like I was going to, uh, I did feel uh, that I was fearful for my life for that, that moment, that walk. It was, per- <laughs> it was pretty ugly. You guys, yeah. the twelfth man is not very nice out there.
1: Yeah, we love our hawks, man.
0: I uh, guess. All right. Anyway, twenty-four. Let's see, uh, hero or villain, villain for the day.
1: Hero or villain for the day. Man, I got nothing. Hero or villain? I got nothing.
0: All right. All right. I figured you're already the hero, so it'd be fun to be the villain. Oh, That'd be my guess with with you. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's do one more. Make it a good one. Uh, 10. All right. Do you have a favorite quote?
1: Uh, I do. I do. Marty what? Hauer was one of the firefighters that passed away um, in uh, in our department, and he uh, he had said he had said this quote many times. And I think I'm going to mess it up, but um, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and be safe. And we put that in the uh, in the in the booklet, and I think that that kind of kind of is the driving force behind healthy and healthy out is take care of yourself for sure, take care of each other, and then just be safe, go home to your family and your kids. Marty never never got to go home, you know. His his daughter graduated high school, his son is graduating college. Um, he never got to see any of that. So I want everyone to be able to have that in their lives and you can't do it if you're dead. So that's my favorite quote.
0: That's a pretty good and, and powerful quote. And I, I thank you for sharing that with everybody. Um, and, and clearly this, this book and everything you've done even before and after that has been, with that quote of mine. So, um, wow. With that, thanks again for being on here. I appreciate it so much. It was well worth the wait. <laughs> for you to get your house done and, and get back to a normalcy before we could do this. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll, uh, for all the listeners, I'll, I'll put the, the links, um, to the program and also the video, uh, on the website. Um, again, press the subscribe button. Uh, give me, a uh, a nice five star review if you feel like I actually deserve it. I don't know. And uh with that I'll see everybody again uh next next week. So thanks again, Beth. I appreciate you as always.
1: Yeah, no worries, Jim. Good talking with you and happy new year.
0: Happy New Year to you. All right. Bye. Thanks.